You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. One call has the power to change our life forever. It can transform us from the inside out and lead us into a new future. Whether or not we answer the call is up to us. God calls each of us to something greater than ourselves. We're called to impact our world with the message and love of Jesus Christ. Equipping us all with gifts and talents, God gives us the tools necessary to accomplish His will. For God's gifts and His call can never be withdrawn. Hearing God's voice can be challenging. It doesn't always come as a loud ring, but can come as a whisper. Even when we don't feel God is speaking to us, He's there. Be the change you wish to see in the world. This statement is true, but an even greater truth is, be the change that God calls you to be in the world. Will you answer the call? see everyone here this morning and uh, we want to welcome those of you here with us for the very first time. Uh, thank you for taking the time to be here with us. My name is Neil Bernardino and I'm the pastor of this church and uh, we want to officially welcome you. You've been welcomed uh, by Carol um, a while ago so but again we want to do welcome you again. Uh, we hope this won't be your last visit with us and, and uh, our prayers that um, those of you who come here would not just uh, enjoy these comfortable chairs and uh, and um, enjoy the company of these wonderful people, but more importantly, we desire for you all to have an encounter with, with Jesus Christ and, you know, be touched by His presence in a new and living way so that uh, you would come out of here uh, changed knowing that you know, God loves you, God is real, and God cares for you, okay? So again, we want to thank you for coming, and uh, we hope to see you again. All right, uh, we want to move along here with our, uh, with our message and... Um, we started a sermon series last week entitled uh, Who Me? And um, this is basically focused on, on um, God's peculiar way of, of uh, calling people and the most unlikely people at that uh, to do His call, to join Him in His mission. See, God has a mission for the earth and uh, we are part of that mission and, and we are to hear His call and and a lot of times we, we, um, when you think about the calling of God, we think about just, you know, becoming missionaries or becoming a pastor. But the call of God is for everyone, and He calls people to different, uh, different um, avenues in life, okay? So there are different callings. Being a pastor and being a missionary is not the only call of God for people, okay? So some are called to business, some are called to uh, the political arena, some are called basically in the marketplace, Wherever God's called you, He has called us to make disciples. He has called us to engage our culture in our community. And that's basically uh, the emphasis of this, ser of this sermon series. And, and uh, last week we talked about us being fishers of men. And it, today it ties up with our anniversary. We're celebrating seven years of God's faithfulness. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? And uh, I can tell you right now, I mean, it's, it's not about how... You know our abilities because we could we could improve in a lot of ways. Still, you know, being a young church, there's so many areas that we can improve in, and yet it's God's faithfulness, it's God's uh, grace upon us that that uh, that has brought us to where we are right now. And and as we look at the seven years of God's goodness and faithfulness, we can see that uh, great things are up ahead for us because God is faithful, and He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so if that's true for us as a church, it's also true for each of you as individual believers. All right, and uh, for today, we're going to uh, look at, basically this is a special um, um, Sunday because it's our anniversary, but it ties in with our sermon series. So it's really perfectly, um, you know, designed by God. So anyway, I'd like to ask everybody to please stand and open your Bibles to Matthew 28 and... Uh, it's going to be here flashed on the screen. 
And what I'm going to read from my Bible here, it's an English Standard Version. So we're going to read what is known as the Great Commission. Okay, so um, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your work that you have completed on the cross. Lord, you died for, for us so that we can be saved from our sins. But you did not remain dead. You rose again from the dead. Lord, you rose again and conquered death, conquered sin, conquered the enemy, and conquered even all the consequences of our sin. That those who put their trust in you shall not perish but will have everlasting life. And today, Lord, we thank you that, it, that with that victory comes a commission to go and make disciples, to go into all the world. Father, I pray that we may hear your call. Your call is there, just like that video a while ago. You're calling us. The question is, will we answer? And Lord, we pray that we would indeed answer your call. As we look at your word today, Lord, speak to us. And Lord, open our hearts to receive what your spirit is saying. Thank you, Lord. We lift up this message to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may take your seats. <clears throat> You know, as we look at this passage, um, this is what everybody knows as the Great Commission. And um, this is where we derive our, why we exist. You know, victory is all about honoring God and making disciples. And this is where we get that, that value. Because Jesus commanded us as a church, his disciples, to go out and make disciples of the nations. And um, God basically here issues a call to his people to take on his mission and bring about his mission to bear upon the earth so that people can respond. And uh, the good thing is that God's mission, in God's mission, he has privileged us to be part of that mission. And we are participants in that mission. <clears throat> okay, and uh, we are all called to go and make disciples um, to preach the good news. You don't have to be a pastor or a minister or a missionary to preach the gospel. Okay? Look at the person next to you, tell that person, you are called to preach the gospel. So it's important that you know what the gospel is <laughs> and that you understand that God has called you to be the ones to preach his message and to make disciples to help those who respond to the message. Okay? Uh, but that will not happen if we don't do our part. Jesus did his part, but we need to do our part in, in obeying his, his call to make disciples. And uh, victory here as a church, we have a fourfold uh, process of making disciples. But we have these four um, stages of discipleship. And uh, let me say for everyone's sake, and most of you would know this, but some of you will be, it's going to be your first time to hear it. But this is our process. This is how we make disciples here. First, we engage culture and community. Okay, everybody say engage. Okay, when you say engage, it's not being engaged with someone you're going to get married to. No, it's another engagement. Okay, so engage in the purpose of God by engaging with uh, your culture. So how can they hear unless someone preaches to them? And how can someone preach unless they're sent? Okay, and so... Secondly, after we engage cultural community, we are to establish biblical foundations in the lives of those who respond to our message, to the message of God, to the gospel. Okay, we don't, just don't preach the gospel and leave it at that. Okay, so when you, when you have, when you, when you're a parent, when you, when your child is born, okay, my child's now born, okay, see ya, have a good life. You don't leave your child that way. You take care, you nurture the child, you make sure you, the child grows up, and that you parent the child so that that child will grow up to be um, a responsible um, contributor to society. Right? And so that's what we do also with the disciples who come to Christ 
God has given us the commission to make disciples. We're not just to preach the gospel, we are to make disciples. Thirdly, we are here to, um, to equip them you know, for ministry. We are to equip those people who have responded and as we've established biblical foundations in their lives. We are to help equip them to do the work of the ministry, as we can see in Ephesians uh, 4, um, or 11 and 12. And after that, we are to empower them to go make disciples. We are to empower disciples to make disciples. So those are the fourfold steps for our discipleship process. Engage culture and community, establish biblical foundations, um, 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 equip believers for ministry, and empower disciples to make disciples. So that's how we make disciples here, okay, in this church. And so this process begins with engaging the lost, engaging the culture, engaging our community. We can't just be comfortable in the church and, and hope people would come to the church. Not, not everybody would want to come to the church unless there's reason to, or unless you know they uh, they hear about Jesus, some will come, but most most of uh, those who do not who need to hear God's message, they're out there, and we need to go out there. Okay, a fisherman will not just stay on the shore and say, "Okay, fish, come." Okay, here's my net. Come, come into the net. They will not go there. The fishermen have to go to where the fish are, and that's what we're called to do as disciples. We're called to engage culture, and community. So, the standing command is to go and make disciples, right? That's the standing command. Go and make disciples. The question is, are we obeying that command? Are we participating in God's mission for the earth? Or are we just doing our own mission? Are we busy building our own kingdoms? That's what we're going to look at. And a lot of people uh, have various responses to the call of God. How many of you heard the call of God for your life? I'm not talking about being in a full-time ministry, but you know what God's called you to be and to do. Have you heard that? Anybody? Okay, so just a few? Okay, so that's why you we're preaching this to you. You need to hear the call of God, okay? So, and there are four responses I'd like to share with you. So this, again, this is a special service, so we're just gonna be very practical this morning. <clears throat> So we're going to talk about responses to God's call, parish responses. Uh, please apologize. Um, I'm, uh, I'm li we're a little under the weather, my wife and I. So um, anyway, and please pray because tomorrow I'll be flying to Anaheim for our quarterly, um, uh, what you call this, quarterly pastors meeting for every nation, for the every nation pastors here in the West Coast. Okay, so, uh, so please pray for me. So anyway, we're going to talk about God's call, respond, different responses to God's call. We're going to look at four people in the Old Testament and how they responded to the call of God. Now, the first response um, uh, is given by those people who are hindered by their, um, um, hind sorry, hindered by their past. There you go. They're hindered by their past, and this is what they ask. When God calls them, they go, who, me? Lord, do you know who you're asking? I mean, I'm not a saint. You know, the way I lived my life before, I'm like, and you're sending me to do that? That's a, that's a holy man's job. My life is nowhere near holy. You got what I'm saying here? Who, me? Maybe some of you ask this question. You question God's calling based on your past. Okay? Here's, uh, let me tell you something. God's calling is not based on your past. God's calling is always based on, on, on um, His destiny for you. It's always based on, on why He created you. You messed it up, but that's why He is the Redeemer. He redeems you so that he can use you for his purpose. There's a reason why you're here on the earth. Okay? It doesn't really matter what the circumstances of your birth are. Okay? Maybe you've heard your parents tell you, oh, we didn't plan you, you were just an accident. No, we didn't know where you came from. You just sprouted out from the ground. I don't know. And some of you grew up, you know, oh, you've been adopted. 
And those people who have been adopted, they feel insecure. Let me tell you, don't feel insecure because natural-born children, you know, they didn't have a choice. But if you're adopted, that means your, your adopted parents chose you. Okay? So don't feel insecure about that. And see, all of us as children of God, we've been adopted by God. So He chose us. Okay? That's, and it's not because of how great we are. But it's also not because of, you know, our past. You see, the call of God is not dependent on your past. It's dependent on His purpose for your life. And He wants to redeem you towards that purpose. Okay? And one such example of this, who asked, who, me, is Moses. We'll see this in Exodus 3, okay, verses uh, 10 and 11. Okay, so, come. This is when God appeared to Moses. Before, you know, through the burning bush, okay? Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Isn't, doesn't that look cool? It looks like I'm the one saying it. <laughs> so, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? Who, Me? Lord, uh, you seem to have forgotten. Uh, I, I kind of killed one Egyptian. And uh, the people of Israel, they, they, knew, they know about what I did. How would they believe me? How many of you have, been, have struggled responding to God's call because of your past? Okay? Many of us may have not verbalized it, but it's in your thoughts. Moses said this. But nonetheless, God said to him, Go. You see, God did not forget what Moses did. But you see, God has, has him on his, on his redemptive path. And God called him because of God's purpose for him, not because of his past. Many times we think our past disqualifies us. I stand here before you today. I'm I was not a perfect person. I still am not. I stand here by the grace of God. But God has called me to do what I'm doing now, not because of my colorful past or anything that I did. It's because, just because of His calling for me. He, he is, this is what He made me for. And so, let's not question God's calling in our lives. When you are a messed up person and then you hear the call of God, who, me? But sometimes we don't question, we just can't fathom the fact that, why would you call me? That which leads us to the next, to the next uh, response. And these are, this response is made by those who are hindered by their personality. Okay? Their personality. And these are the people who ask, when they hear the call of God, they ask, why me? Why me? <clears throat> the first one is, who? Me? The other one is, Lord, why me? They can't understand. They're so focused on needing to know why that they're forgetting that they're supposed to obey without calling. Why me? Yeah, Lord, I, I, I stutter. I, 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 I don't speak good English. You know, why would you call me to the why, why would you call me to the United States? I do not speak good English. Well, are you here? Are you here? You see, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what personality is. Why why call me, Lord? I'm, I'm a shy type. You know, I'm I'm an introvert. I'm not into you know engaging with people. I don't like speaking with people. I just want to be in the background, you know. Let me serve in the church, but in the background. Don't let me be seen. Why me? And then you look, you tend to look at the others. See, that's a better looking guy. That's a better looking person. That person speaks better English. That person is more learned than I am. Why me? Have you ever asked that? Don't raise your hands. Have you ever asked that? 
These, this is a response by those who've been hindered or hindered by their personality. But you see, God, God's calling is not based on personality. Did you hear that? God's calling is not based on your personality. Of course, that factors into it, but He can redeem it. The thing is, see, some, some of the things we struggle with, we can learn. I don't, I don't speak good English. Well, you can learn to speak English while you're doing the call of God, right? Come on now. You can take classes. You can, you know. Um, anyway. And you're, um, you know, you're, I'm belaboring the point. So, the person who, uh, an example of a person who did, who said this was Jeremiah the prophet. He was one of the most powerful prophets of Israel. I mean, he was a prophet during the time of one of the, you know, Israel's decline and and. and God used him in a powerful way. But let's look at the circumstances of his call for his, uh, for his life. Okay? Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 8. Now the word of the Lord came to me, this is Jeremiah, saying, Before I form... There you go. Okay, Before I formed you in the womb... I, how many of you quote this verse? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Before you were born. You see, it doesn't matter how you came into the earth. The fact that you're on the earth today, breathing and alive, that tells you God has a specific call for your life. Are you seeing this? It doesn't matter if everybody around you tells you you're not going to amount to anything. The fact that you're alive tells you, you know, God, God's telling you you're going to amount to something. That's the reason why I created you. And here, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you and set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. That was his call. And here's what Jeremiah said. Can we move to the next one? Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. I'm only a young person. I'm not a, I'm not a good speaker. I remember the time when, <clears throat> when um, I ran for political office in, in college, and I lost. Okay? So, uh, but I was supposed to... I filed my candidacy just to be a, our batch representative, okay? So, um, batch representative, and, uh, but my buddies in my political party in, in school, they needed someone to be the chairman uh, for the College of Engineering. That's too much work for me, I said. Batch, you know, batch representative. But these friends of mine, they had, they had a gr the grand idea to snatch my application, change the position to college assembly chairperson, and filed it. And so, when I looked, the official uh, list of candidates, where's my name? I was looking, I was looking at my name below. And then I looked, I saw my name right there on top, college assembly chairperson candidate. What? I can't believe this, you know. So, <laughs> and then during our meeting, uh, they call their grand meeting. It's called meeting de avance. I stuttered during that time, and people laughed at me. And I said, "See, that's." And I looked at my friends. That's right. I just wanted to be a batch representative, you know. So, but they. So I lost. Um, so, and I said, thank, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that I lost that because I didn't want that position. So, But it's interesting uh, how God brings people from those experiences. Like during that time, I couldn't speak and I stuttered. And that probably, it pro that probably is the reason why, one of the reasons why I did not win. I think that's providential. But it's interesting now, I speak to people, uh, you know, for a living. You know, I speak to crowds, you know, so back in Victory, back in the Philippines, I would preach to thousands of people. 
because our churches were, you know, in the thousands. And during conferences, they would ask me to speak before, like, tens of thousands of people, not as a speaker, but to lead the people in prayer, you know. So, and that was unnerving for me. But I realized this is what God's called me to. I am but a youth. I, I can't speak, Jeremiah said. He felt unqualified. But here the Lord said, The Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. In other words, I know that you're a young person. I know you can't speak. But read my lips. I'm calling you to go. Nonetheless. And was Jeremiah one of the greatest prophets of Israel? He was. He became that. As he responded to the call. He overcame his apprehensions. God said, I Do not say I'm only youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. And here Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah, do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. See, I'm with you. Isn't that, doesn't that sound familiar? Didn't Jesus tell his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And what did he say after that? For surely I am with you. See, God is with us. God is with you. When he opens the door for you, for ministry, you're, you're working, and then the person, your, your office mate tells you, can I talk to you about something? I have a personal problem. Let's talk, over, let's talk about it over lunch. And then he opens up to you, nothing related to work, but he opens up his life. That's an open door for ministry. You've got to realize during that time, God is opening the door for me to engage. And I have to speak boldly because Jesus is with me right now. It doesn't matter if I stutter. It doesn't matter if I speak good English. It doesn't matter if I'm articulate. It doesn't matter. The fact that God opened the door for you to be on that, on that circumstance tells you, all right, pick this up. This is your cue. You are my missionary to that person right now. Okay? So Jeremiah felt unqualified. But when God chooses you, he will prepare you. And it's a good thing. He puts his spirit in you. So it's not about you. Aren't you glad? The third type of response is made by those who are hindered by their pain. So the first one, they are hindered by their past. The second, they are hindered by their personalities. The third one, they are they are hindered by their pain. Okay? And they're the ones who say, not me. There's so much pain and animosity or whatever, un, you know, um, so much pain in their hearts, maybe anger, maybe um, resentment, maybe uh, prejudice, but they feel that pain and maybe they have those they have anger, resentment, prejudice, and whatnot because of something they experienced that was painful. So they, because of their pain, they say, Lord, not me. Not me. You're calling me, Lord? Not me. Call somebody else. Here, my Lord, send him. Many times we do that. Here, my Lord, send him. Okay, so we volunteer people, but we don't volunteer ourselves. We say, not me. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you said this? Lord, not me. Can you guess the person I'm going to refer to with this? Anybody? Anybody? Jonah. There you go. So in Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, let's look at the circumstances of God speaking to him and giving him a call to go to Nineveh, a pagan city, a, you know, a, a, a city that is despicable as far as their sins are concerned and they're even proud of it and because of what they've experienced so Jonah had personal misgivings as far as this this uh, group of people are concerned 
I don't want to be associated with those people. Now, I think this hits a lot more to home to some of you that you care to admit. You don't want to be with certain types of people. You don't sort of want to be with certain types of people groups. You have a you have a stereotype. When you see someone from that people group, you go, ah, get away, get away. I don't even want to be seen in the Snapchat, you know, or somebody asking what's a Snapchat. Uh -huh. I try to be relevant. I don't have a Snapchat account, by the way, but Jonah. <clears throat> now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. This is God speaking to Jonah. So God's calling him to Nineveh. But here's Jonah's response. Okay? Sorry. Uh, there you go. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. I already preached on this, right? We had a whole sermon series on Jonah. So let's put it this way. Jonah is here. Can you see the red dot? Jonah's here. God's calling him to Nineveh over here. Okay? So where is he, where is he supposed to go? So from here, he's supposed to go there, right? So after hearing God's call to him, here's what he decides to do. He boards a ship to go to Tarshish, the other side of the Mediterranean, okay? Tarshish, if you know that, this is the whole Mediterranean Sea, okay? Some of you are getting dizzy already, like my wife. <laughs> so you're supposed to go there. Jonah goes to the other end, the opposite end of the Mediterranean, where, you know, um, the Iberian Peninsula is, where Spain and Portugal are located. That's where Tarshish was. He disobeyed. Not me! And he escaped, thinking that by going the opposite direction, he could escape God's calling. How many of you try to escape the call of God? In your life? You know God's called you to do this, and you go, no, 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 not me, not me, not me. I'll serve in the church, but not how you want me to. I'll serve the way I want to. How many of you are like that? Okay? Be careful. You might find yourselves in the belly of a whale and smell fishy. Can you imagine being in the intestines of... Can you imagine where all the juice is at? Never mind. <laughs> and Jonah <clears throat> went to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. I mean, if you really look at it, can you really get away from the presence of God? How many of us have sinned and sometimes feel so embarrassed by our sin that we don't show ourselves in church? We don't attend church. Uh, you, think, you think you can escape from God by not attending church? He has your number. And he will call you, maybe. He will call you. He will call upon you. He will visit you where you are. Okay? said, not me. He was unwilling. But what did God do? God was not going to take no for an answer. If God did that to Jonah, do you think God's going to acquiesce to what you're saying and say, okay, I'm calling you, but you don't want to? Okay, all right, I'll leave you alone. God's not going to take no for an answer. You'll always find yourself, yourselves challenged by the call of God. And here's why. The call of God and your purpose in life here are one and the same for you. And if you did not respond to the call of God for your life, you're missing out on the very reason of your existence. And you try to live a life that you define, that you hope will become a blessed life. But the real blessed life is you fulfilling your purpose in life. Right? When you use a baseball bat in baseball, it you're using it according to its purpose, right? But if you use a baseball bat to whack someone's head, that's not glorious. 
it's going against its purpose. Right? Many times we're like that. We try to define our purpose. We end up like a paperclip. We mangle our own lives. Not me. So what are those four responses? Uh, three responses so far? Who? Me? Hindered by their past? Second? Why me? Hindered by their personalities? Thirdly? Not me? Not me. Hindered by their pain? And the fourth response is actually what God wants us. It's how he wants us to respond. And it's this. Send me. And it's by those who feel, who are motivated by the purpose of God for their lives. Not their own purpose. They are motivated by the purpose of God. They are hastened by the call of God for their lives. And this is Isaiah. Some of you are already saying it, Isaiah. See? Then you go to your, see, I know my Bible. <laughs> That's good that you know this. So Isaiah, well, let's look at Isaiah right now. This, Isaiah 6 is where he heard the call of God for his life. Isaiah is one of the greatest prophets that the Jewish nation had. Okay? Many of the messianic prophecies, the prophecies about the Messiah, were delivered by the prophet Isaiah. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "This is remember, this is when he saw God, when God basically gave him a vision of, of heaven. He was in heaven, and he saw God. And he goes, I saw God. I'm a man of, oh, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm going to die now. Because he was unclean, and for an unclean thing to see and behold God, you know you're going to die. But the angel that was flying around God's throne took a coal from the, the, from the uh, burning coal from, from the altar of God. And, and he uh, placed it on, on, uh, on uh, Isaiah's lips to touch his lips. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And here the angel touched his lips and said, here, you're made clean. And after he was made clean, after he has been redeemed, after he has been forgiven, after he has been cleansed, that speaks of us. Oh, you know, we can, by extension, we can say that that's like us. When we become born again, when we turn to faith in Christ, when we, be, when we put our faith in him for our salvation, and we repent of all our sins and we put our trust in him, he cleanses us. And now, in the state of being cleansed, in the state of cleansing, here's what he heard. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And he said, this is God saying this, go, say to this people, and then if you look at verse, the rest of that passage, it's all of God's instruction. But God said here, go, and say these to the people. You see, the first three examples, God spoke to them. But here, God was just, Speaking out what's in his heart, but Isaiah was there in the presence of God. And God was not actually directing it to Isaiah. He was just saying, whom shall we send? And then Isaiah heard the heart of God there. He heard God's heart after he was cleansed. He realized in the presence of the Holy, in the presence of the Almighty God. And he's there, cleansed by his grace. And he hears the heart of God. Wow, what a privilege. How many of us know the heart of God? He heard the heart of God and said, God, can, can I be part of that? Here, my Lord, send me. Can I be part? You see, the heart of God is this, that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross so that he can save sinners. He sent his son to the world. That's how much he loves lost people. That he wants to give them a chance. And we are, we are recipients of that grace. And as we receive it, we, can, we, need, we need to see the heart of God there and respond to his heart. Not 
we should respond not because of uh, not out of duty, now that I'm a Christian, I should be doing this. No, it's supposed to be after the heart of God. Lord, use me. I see your heart. I want to be part of what you're doing. Send me. Send me. Isaiah was available. And Isaiah 66 says this. I'm sorry. Uh, so, I'm sorry. And it's not here. I'm sorry. I forgot to place this. But in John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, as he said to his disciples, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Are you his disciple? You see, he, doesn't, he didn't die for you on the cross so that you could live your best life now. Have a blessed life. Be blessed. Have all prosperity come in. You call money coming to me now. That's not what it's about. God can bless you. That's not an issue. But that's not the main thing. He blesses us with his with everything, not just material wealth. It's not, it's not, you see, the, the American church is focusing so much on material wealth and on money, equating that that's the blessing of God. No, that's just a small portion of the entire blessing of God. And it's such a privilege to be in the blessing of God that He blesses us so that we can be a blessing. So as we end here, we're all part of the mission of God and he has a mission for us, his people. And this is basically what I, what, I, what I want to leave with you today. Whose mission are we on? Are we participating in God's mission? Or are we consumed with our own mission in life? And here's a few things I'd like us to do. Um, as you came in... Uh, uh, you receive this, right? We're going to be receiving communion in a bit. So, how many of you, how many of you did not receive a communion cup? Okay, so ushers, please make sure that you have these. He, uh, we're going to be distributing this, and then you also receive this, right? So, if you did not receive this engaged list card, you can get one from the ushers as you go. Okay, but here's what I want us to do: if I want you to pull out those engaged cards that you received as you came in, and I want us to respond to what God's saying here. Whom should I send? And how will we to respond? Not me. No, no, no. How does God want us to respond? Lord, send me. Here I am. Send me. And here at the back of the engaged list card, you will see. Okay. Okay, so we have this engaged list. At the back of it, you will see these. Names of people I am praying to engage. You see, it begins with us engaging the culture. So I want us to be out there engaging the culture, being God's representatives to those who are in need of Him the most. And I want you to do this right now. Let's take the next few minutes. Write down. Don't write it all down. Just write down top three uh, names of people that you would like to engage and deliberately build a relationship with so that you can present the gospel to it, so that you can bring them to Christ. It may take a long time, it may take a week, but you're praying to God, I'm believing this person will, be, will, be, will become a disciple of Christ as I begin to engage with this person, okay? I want you to take out your pens, okay? And I want you to write down just the top three and maybe some or two more later on, okay? But I just want you to, to write there the first three that will come to your mind, okay? And we're going to be praying for that and we're going to be receiving communion. <clears throat> How many of you already have three people in mind? Write their names here. And as you write their names, don't just say, okay, Lord, open the door. Now, God will open the door as you go to them. Right? Did you get that? Let's not just wait in our homes. Lord, I pray he would call me. He would call me. He would call me. He would call me. No, you go to them. That's our part. We are sent. We're not called to wait. We are called to go out there. We are sent. Amen? Let's all stand right now. And let's pray for these people. How many of you are believing God 
that those people you wrote there will become disciples of Jesus in a matter of time. You believe it? Okay, let's all hold up those those cards right now and uh, let, let's lift up those those people that you wrote here and let's pray. I'd like to ask uh, the worship team to please come forward. <clears throat> let's pray for those people right now. Heavenly Father, let's lift up to God. Heavenly Father, we lift up these people to you. Lord, this is what we're doing right now. It's just but an act of Lord, that symbolizes our faith. That as we lift up these people to you, Lord, you will reach them. And Lord, we hear your heart. You're saying, whom shall we send? Lord, here and we say, here we are, Lord. Send us. Send me to these people. Send me to these friends of mine, these co-workers, whoever you've written there. Lord, we lift them up to you specifically today. And even some more that we will add. But Lord, I pray that you would open the door for us to minister to them. Lord, open the door for us to have a, a chance to build a relationship with them, to connect with them. Lord, I pray that you would give us give us your your creative your your creativity, Lord, and lead us to build bridges with these people, Lord. Maybe we've never spoken to them, maybe we've never really even made an effort to befriend them. Lord, we wanna be we wanna take the steps today as we know we are sent to go to them and build relational you not to preach the bible down their throat but lord to build a genuine love authentic relationship with them so that we can lead them to christ we can lead them to you lord we lift up these names and let's all pray right now lord we lift up these names say those names out loud before god lord we lift up to you these people and we thank you that you hear our prayers more than our desire to reach them, Lord, you want them to know you. So here we are, Lord. Send us. Send us to engage with them. In Jesus' name. Amen. You notice this is in the size of a business card. Please put this in your wallets so that it will be with you all the time. And if you're techie, you can take a picture of this and put it in your smartphones so that you can look at it. Pray for them every day. Pray for them every day. And believe me, you're going to have testimonies later on of how God opened the door for you to minister to them. Many of these, we will see them in your victory groups. We will see them here in church. Do you believe that? Praise God. We will see them worshiping Jesus. As we end this morning, I want... No, oh no, sorry. As we end, so we're going to take communion right now. And I want us to take your... Uh, take your communion elements right now. And I'd like to open or read... 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. It says there, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. And the Lord Jesus, on the night he was, when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, as we celebrate our seventh anniversary, Lord, it's it's your faithfulness and it's your goodness that we celebrate. Lord, we thank you for all the relationships and the great peace that we've been, that you've enabled us to have. And what we celebrate is your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, that all starts with us looking at what you did at the cross. We are here today, not because victory started, but because Jesus, you died on that cross for us. And so Lord, as we receive this bread, we acknowledge your death on the cross that purchase our salvation. And today, we are alive because you died for us. But you did not remain dead. You rose again from the dead. And you became the Lord of all. You, you are Lord of all. You always have been and you always will be. And we declare you are our Lord as we receive this prayer. Thank you, Lord. Let's all receive bread right now. Together. Also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the spread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord Jesus, we thank you that it's because of your blood that we are justified. 
we are forgiven of our sins, we are cleansed by faith in what you have done, by dying cross, Lord, and shedding your blood, Lord, you purchased men from God, and we are here today, purchased by your blood, redeemed, cleansed, and we are made whole. And because of your blood, Lord, you look at us, and all our sins, though our sins are as red as, uh, as, uh, as, red as scarlet, Lord, you, you washed them, and you made us like as white as snow. Thank you, Lord. And we receive this juice, Lord, to acknowledge, to symbolize and to acknowledge the shedding of your blood that we gratefully receive in our lives. Lord, we thank you. So I'll take the juice right now. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We give you praise and glory. We honor you. And we lift you up, Lord Jesus. You deserve all the praise. Lord, you are the mighty one. You are the holy one. You are our Savior, our Lord. You are our King. You are our Master. And you are the faithful God. Lord, your love is unfailing. Your love is unfailing. And Lord, we worship you. Let's worship Jesus right now.
praise and your faithfulness to us, Lord, as we enthrone you, Lord, and we declare you our King, our Lord, and our Master. Lord, we say, here we are, send us. Lord, as we go out in this place, Lord, lead us to your divine appointments and lead us to power encounters, Lord. And as we make ourselves available to you, to your, your Holy Spirit's leading, Lord, God, use us for your glory that the world may know